This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Writing Project. OWP supports teachers from all over Ohio and celebrates the professionalism, expertise, and talent of our state's educators. Ohio Writing Project, teachers teaching teachers. My name is Noah Waspy, and this is a production of the Ohio Writing Project. Today we're going to kick off a series called What's Working. In this series, I interview Ohio teachers, and we start with a simple question. What's working during this year of pandemic teaching? And then we try to unpack as much of it as we can. Before we get to today's interview, a poem. This is called In Quiet Moments by Amy Ludwig Vanderwater. Little Mouse thinks, in her little mouse mind, a memory is a painting that you hang inside your heart. When Little Mouse visits the museum of her heart, she lingers by the painting of the nest where she was born. The title of this painting is Warm Milk and Tiny Squeaks. Today, we are going to interview Stephanie Pearson, who teaches at Kramer Elementary School with Talawandi City School District. And in this interview, we're going to talk about how she uses inquiry work, even in a pandemic when things are shifting online, in-person, hybrid. And we're going to really unpack what it takes to do good inquiry work in any situation. I can't wait for you to hear it. So with no further ado, here's my interview with Stephanie Pearson. Let's see, what have I done? I have, we just finished a really great nonfiction unit and it's not original, but the idea of what are you an expert at, right? And how can you share that with other people? And so they chose, so I said, you know, what, where, what would you consider yourself an expert at? And they listed a couple of things and then they picked their favorite one. And so embedding student choice, right? Um, and then I let them research that topic a little bit more because even though we're all experts at things, can't we learn a little bit more from those? You know, can't we always learn a little bit more about our expert topics? We can. So we did some nonfiction research and all of that, of course, weaving like nonfiction text features and reading nonfiction and all of that navigating nonfiction embedded naturally through the project-based learning. When I talk with Beth um, Reimer, she's always said, and I thousand percent agree, right? That um, writer's workshop is the original project-based learning. And I'm very project-based, right? So I really, so I was able to like, okay, great. So you want to be an expert? Let's share that with people. And then in order to do that, let's do some research. Let's learn about nonfiction, right? So empowering them that you guys are experts at stuff, giving them choice, of course, making it authentic and then letting them share their writing at the end, right? The, that opportunity to share is what kids live for, to be heard, right? <laughs> I could tell that she used a workshop approach to her inquiry projects. So I wanted to know what kinds of mini lessons she taught during this inquiry unit. And here's what she said. Lots of fun, of fun mini lessons. Uh, we talked about reliable internet resources or reliable, reliable internet sources and just research sources and being critically mm -hmm. conscious consumers. Those were a couple of mini lessons. 
Um, cool. Navigating text features and nonfiction text features was a mini lesson. And then there was also stuff on keywords, keyword searches and not writing, so like I teach third grade, right? So not writing down mm -hmm. everything that you read on the page, right? Just pulling out the important facts and, you know, and so then actually mm -hmm. reading what you're seeing, not just looking at the words and copying it down, right? Making meaning and pulling out the big ideas. So I think all of that naturally happened. And then of course I reinforced that idea with, with our mini lessons. Now, there are lots of ways that one could implement a workshop approach. So next, I wanted to know how Stephanie structured her inquiry workshop. Yes, um, a mini lesson, work time. And then during that work time is when I go and I conference with all the kids, right? And I'm walking around the room while they're working independently. Oftentimes, um, we do do that mid-workshop teachable moment. Because as I go to three, four kids, mm -hmm. I see that they all are either struggling with the same thing or they're all being successful with this really cool idea and we should share it with the whole class, right? So, mm -hmm. hey, stop. I've talked with these four writers. Check out what's happening or look at what they're wondering. And that, you know, helps redirect the kids, you know, at, at the rest of their seats. And then, yeah, then we all come back together at the end to debrief takeaways and share. Share what we learned that day or share what we struggled with that day or share what we wrote that day classic workshop structure, right? But the thing is, maybe more often than reading and writing, inquiry can throw us curveballs. So I was interested to know, like when students share at the end of a workshop session, if that informs what she teaches the next day. Um, my, my mini lessons, um, I, you know, you project out what you think you want to do. And I project my mini lessons and the best laid plans. Um, but of course, yeah, all, all of the notes and, on, and then the next day's mini lessons and some of the specific things that I end up saying do, they come from the students and what they say. And sometimes their questions are things that I took for granted, right? And then sometimes they really prove to me yeah. that they really knew stuff that I thought we would need to focus on. And so listening to those students and being responsive to their needs was really, has really made a difference. Now, anyone who does inquiry work knows that it can be really complicated and tricky, but it's also really rewarding. So I wanted to know how Stephanie came to use the workshop approach in her inquiry units with students. Um, I, I went, you know, got my degree through OWP. So I think my, my background was workshop first and workshop has always come to me very naturally. And I, you know, the, the, the outline of workshop for teaching and then the research behind workshop, all of that has just like I, that I get right as a, as a writer, and as a teacher of writing. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I teamed up with a local professor and he showed me like this whole idea of a really loose curriculum and like really just letting the students drive everything. Right. Which was wonderful. And it was really empowering and like, and for me and for the students, and then over the last couple of years, I've kind of just adapted it and personalized it and made it my own, right? By saying, you know, rather than staying every, like walking in every day and saying, hey kids, what do you want to learn about today? Because then I don't feel prepared and they don't feel prepared and it's not intentional, right? Um, I've learned to, let's see, likely um, they might say X, Y, and Z. So I'll be kind of prepared for these three options. And either way, I really know my standards so whatever the kids can throw at me, I can probably find an opportunity to anchor that to, the, to a standard at some point, right? I can turn your question into a teachable moment because I've been, thank goodness, I've been teaching long enough and I've had enough really good 
peers and, mm-hmm. you know, and so um, and mentors so that I, I can take what they're saying and turn that into a teachable moment. Now, I still wanted to know a little bit more about how she's come to be so good at responding to the different curveballs that inquiry can throw somebody's way. So I just asked her, uh, what underpins the work that you do? How have you come to be able to make these smart decisions on the fly? Like my summer reading uh, end table was full, right? All for, for years so that I could, could make my own research-based decision that seems on the spot. Cause I'm very, you know, it's flexible for mm-hmm. the students, but in my head, it's because I was prepared for five different options, 20 different options. And so then whatever the kids gave me, I was able to adapt to them because I prepared for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> now, the real sticky wicket with inquiry work, in my experience, is that topic selection doesn't always work out very well for students. A lot of times students think they're interested in something, but it really turns out that they just wanted to be with their friends who are studying that same topic. Or sometimes students just don't know what they're passionate about at this point in their lives. So I wanted to know how Stephanie prepares for that eventuality. One is I feel like the old Ben Franklin um, announced prevention is worth a pound of cure. So I didn't walk in on day one and say, you guys are experts, what are you gonna do, right? I started off at the beginning of the school year building community with my class. And we do a lot of like open-ended questions or logic puzzles. And I very freely and openly make a lot of mistakes in front of my students and talk about that, right? And laugh and say, ah, you know, we all make mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> right? So, so we're all learning. And so, you know, I, I set that example from the beginning and I model that example from the beginning so that from the start of the school year, we did this in October, right? Was this expert unit. So from, think about from August to October, online even though we were online i was still having these conversations with them about you know about how we're, we're all learners together right and so and so creating that safe space so there's that's part one then so then the kids feel more comfortable to take risks right because i've, I've laid i've set that environment with them i've built that with mm-hmm. with them so then the second part is i don't know i don't know so i say i empower you i you are an expert and if they don't if so, I guess I do have a couple of kids. Well, I don't really know. Then I'll rattle off a lot of things I know about them. Well, I know you like this, this, or this. Would you say that in order to play football, maybe you know a little bit more about football than old Mrs. Pearson does, who really, I like soccer. I do not, to my to my husband's chagrin, I do not like football. And so I bet you, you know, I tell the kid, I bet you know more about football than me, right? And so there's that conversation. If there's still that hole in that kid who just picks football because his friend wants it, mm-hmm. let him. Because then during that journey, he's either going to really love, turn, learn to love football or kind of learn a little bit more about himself in the process too. By the way, this is also why so many inquiry teachers recommend using small, short projects that only last a few weeks so that students can have a chance to rebound, to learn from different kinds of mistakes that might have happened in previous projects. When we only do one big inquiry project that's high stakes, students just make those mistakes and then they don't get to learn from them. And then maybe they make them again the next year and beyond. As teachers, we can use inquiry to teach students how to do good inquiry work in this way. So to bring this interview home, I asked Stephanie, what does she hope that teachers will keep in mind 
with whatever time is left in the school year whenever they hear this episode. A lot of times we are like stripped of our power or legislation and people just think that, you know, we don't, we don't know what we're talking about, but we do. And we're there and we're, you know, teachers, we're, we're at that ground level and we're working so hard and making all of those purposeful decisions. And then meanwhile, kids who also went through this and are learning despite whatever that's happening, right? Because of what's happening, they are, they are amazing learners. And the things that, that they are learning are, are beyond what I can teach them and are beyond what's in a textbook. And so I just, I like to remember that I think OWP really empowered me as a teacher to call, to call me a master teacher. Cause I did not buy into that when I first started the program, right? Like, yeah, sure. Who am I? But coming out of it, I was like, look at that. I kind of know some stuff and the kids really know some stuff too. And so keeping that in mind, yeah, that's, that's my keep in mind, no matter what. <laughs> Kids and teachers are experts. It will be okay. You know, inquiry work is almost never easy and it's almost always worth it. And it was so much fun talking to Stephanie and unpacking her approach to inquiry work with students. In my experience, and I bet Stephanie would probably say the same, doing inquiry work with students and learning what they learn and learning from how they approach the process it's probably the best professional development work that you can do, aside from bringing the Ohio Writing Project to your school, of course. Speaking of, if you'd like to be more involved with OWP, please check out the links in our show notes. Um, I've also placed Stephanie Pearson's Twitter handle in the show notes. Above all, as always, thank you for tuning in to Write Answers.